0: From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Sporkin' the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Josh Ryan, a designer, illustrator, and absurdist from Houston, Texas.
1: It was one of the, again, one of those things where it's like it was in front of me the whole time, but it wasn't until I, like, stepped back and examined like the whole body of stuff and that I could see like the thread drawing it all together. I, was, I always just thought I was like, oh, I make pop culture stuff and it's like it's not really pop culture stuff. It's like it's it's human connection, it's shared experience.
0: Josh Ryan is a Houston designer and illustrator who specializes in bringing people together with quirky and humorous works. Joe and Kevin sat down with Josh to discuss his artistic development, one of his biggest successes, and the intersections of comedy and art. Here's Kevin, followed by Josh. Uh,
2: so Josh, we uh, first got to uh, know you through Carlos.
1: Yeah. Pozo, how do you, how do you uh, connect with, with Carlos? So uh, I used to work out of, me and Carlos used to work out of the same Uh, printmaking co-op out of the Heights, Burning Bones Press. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: That's a cool place.
1: So, yeah. Carlos was uh, one of the other screen printers there. Nice. He's kind of one of the other guys that would work on the the weekend. So Uh, Me and him were kind of like weekend warriors. So see see each other there on Saturdays or just late nights, stuff like that.
3: Cool. When did you know you wanted to be an artist? How did that start?
1: I did some art Growing up in like middle school and stuff like that Took a lot of art classes But then once you get to high school High school art classes seem to be more about Perfecting technical skill And like how accurate can you paint something How accurate can you draw something And that just like wasn't Wasn't my style Mm -hmm. Uh, Or at at least my style for like expressing stuff through art So in high school I found I really liked doing the 2D design stuff and, and like posters and flyers and logos and stuff like that. So I, I really kind of knew probably about sophomore, junior year that I wanted to be a designer. And then it wasn't until I met the, the other Carlos at Burning Bones, Carlos Hernandez, yeah. whose stuff's a little bit more abstract and not as t- tightly registered that I was like, oh, it, it can be something different or it can be something weirder or, yeah. or a little bit, uh, less polished or, or more mm-hmm. expressive, mm-hmm. Uh, less tight. It can. It's kind of, there's this whole other world of art.
3: It's so great to meet people like that that just open your eyes and, and yeah. so, so much you get rooted down one road or...
2: It has to be a certain way or if you're not doing it that way then what are you doing you know and... Yeah.
3: It's like no, there's other ways and it's like oh no, this, this excites me. Like,
2: so what was the uh, in your own work, what was the could you, was there kind of like an aha moment in something that you produced early on that said, that kind of spoke to you of, you know, man, I think kind of getting somewhere um, with with the thoughts that I have, yeah.
1: The kind of the first two things that really hit big were I was in this workshop with, with Sean Star Wars, learning how to, to wood carve through him, and Sean's all about like, you know, just, just making and like, don't worrying about if it don't worry about if it's perfect. And so it's like, all right, draw something and we're going to carve it out. And like everybody in the class is like staring at their boards, like trying to think of some big, you know, grandiose idea of like, this represents this and this part of the drawing represents that. And it's just like too much stuff to, it's like, we just need to get carving. And so grumpy cat was big back then. And so I, I just drew my own version of like a, a grumpy cat. And then it, I was like, all right, I finished this cat, and there was some some space above his head, and everybody's still talking about their ideas, and I was like, right across the top, really big. I just put art meh with like a <laughs> <laughs> with a period, and like everybody got such a kick out of that, <laughs> and I was like, oh okay, that was like kind of the first thing. It's like okay, I don't have to be like I'm, I'm a pretty kind of. I'm both serious and like a goofball. Like I, I, I either take things very seriously or I don't take them seriously <laughs> at, at all. And so that was kind of like a very unserious thing. And it's like, people seem to enjoy it and it was kind of somewhat a serious, uh, like a, almost of a, a, a dig at all the people in the class, like, right? or, or just be like, get out of your head and just make something like, yeah. just make something, start carving. Uh, and then probably the second thing was a, uh, a wood carving I did of, of Marvin Zindler. Um, I think I might've just done that just for me, just for fun. Uh, just cause growing up in Houston's like everybody knows Marvin Zindler or at least everybody who grew up in Houston. Knows yeah. Marvin Zindler. <laughs> he was a. So who who's
2: Marvin Zindler?
1: So Marvin Zindler, is, I mean, he is, uh, most well known for, uh, being an investigative journalist. Uh, Hmm. Uh, And then later on in his life, he was known for, they kind of stuck him on restaurant report because he was kind of like this well-known icon, just like been in, in Houston for decades. And I think they were like, we need to give Marvin something to do and we need to get him out of the newsroom. Like, let's just give him the restaurant report like he can't make too much noise doing the restaurant report oh, yeah. and then like the restaurant report became the thing that you like they saved it at the end and it was like the thing you watched was like you tuned in on friday whoa. to watch the
3: restaurant report. yeah because wow. he'd
1: do the big slime in the ice machine it had like a theme song oh, he yeah. would at the towards the end he would go to schools and like the kids would Say his like slime in the ice <laughs> machine catchphrase with him. This is Marvin Zindler. Marvin Zindler.
3: Eyewitness News. Just yeah,
1: <laughs> caring like really cared about people, and so I just wanted to like memorialize him, and I drew him kind of as a as a as my own crude interpretation of like a a Renaissance uh, saint kind of a fresco yeah. with like a a halo around him, and then like he's. His report was called "Slime in the Ice Machine," so there's like a, a a border of like slime and ice cubes <laughs> around him, uh, and kind of doing saintly gestures. Uh, and I made that, and, and people like a lot of people seemed to really love that, and that kind of led to uh, my first art show and stuff like that. And so that was kind of the first. The the cat was the first art that kind of made me think oh i can be goofy in my art and then marvin was kind of the the one that was showed me it's like oh i can connect with people on this kind of pop culture level or on this this deeper level of shared experience or shared memory of something um and it's like to this day when i when i have the prints out at a show or I'm, I'm selling them. It's like people come up to me and, and tell me they're like I met him when I was in third grade. He came by my school. <laughs> or they go into the whole thing about who he was and what he meant to them and it's it, wow. it's like it's like connect with people in, in those ways and hear those stories is is so meaningful to me.
2: my favorite things that uh, that you've done is the, the the and of course I'm sure it comes up a lot that the intro flirted cards and oh, it's yeah, like yeah. in terms of shared experience and conversation generating and yeah
3: you want to go back and explain to our listeners a little bit more about intro flirt sure yeah uh,
1: intro flirted is a, a a little illustration project I do where I come up with kind of funny love notes for introverts there's been about 54 of them. I've been doing them over like the last two or three years and, um, it got super, super popular on, on Instagram and a little bit on Tumblr and it got turned into a, a Kickstarter book. And then in December of, of last year, it got picked up and, um, tweaked a little bit and made, made better, uh, by a publisher by the name of Gibbs Smith and, and, was in like it's like in barnes and nobles all over the country it's like very (laughs) when they they reached out to me i I was like this is a joke like they (laughs) they met up like i met them uh doing a market where i was selling like copies of the kickstarter book and uh the uh the head publisher came up to me and was like hey i have a publishing company like you know would you be interested in, and in republishing this? And I said, yeah, sure. And then took her information, gave her my information, uh, but didn't think much of it. Cause when you're out at events, there's always people that are like, could you do a logo for me? Or could you do a portrait of this? And like 99% of the time you, you don't hear back from those people. <laughs> and so I wasn't su- like, I, it just was something that was, I was like, Oh, that was weird. But then just like over <laughs> the next week, just like slipped out of my mind until I got an email. And then I was like, "Oh, okay." And like, even like, I got the check, and I was like, "This is a, this is a joke. This is a, pr- like, yeah. somebody's gonna pop out from in uh, a closet and be like, got you.' Uh-huh. Like, your work's not good, you idiot. Like, nobody would buy of of it." Of course, it's not a
2: check. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I go, I go, yeah, I go to yeah. cash it, and then the, the bank would, everybody uh, gather and laugh in my face. There's was no like,
2: routing number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and even when the money was
1: like in my bank account, it's like it's wire fraud it's <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of the pranks and it wasn't until i like somebody sent me a photo of it at a barnes and noble uh and they they had given me some copies and i was like holding the copies and still didn't feel real but mm. then i was like let me go to i went to the barnes and noble on yeah. west gray and walked in there and it was sitting on the uh, the table up at the front with a whole bunch of oh, other Oh wow, val- my god it's like all this valentine's day stuff and then my books like right oh, in the middle wow. of it and like some very influential artists that I follow, like their books, like that I was a big fan of, were like right around it and like I took a picture of it and I'm like, I'm on the same table as like and like walked like grabbed a copy, walked around like a stack and I had like a quick power cry. (laughs) And then like bought like two or three other things to not be like the weirdo that like It's like, that guy just kind of walked around a stack, cried a little bit, and then just walked right out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his deal was. Get security to stop him, but yeah, it didn't feel real until that that moment that I saw I was in the store. And it's uh, it's just uh, it's one of those things like I, you just can't process like I, I don't know how people process that stuff.
2: That is
3: amazing. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. it's so just cool. a crazy,
1: and it was such like a this really long hero's journey that 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 project went on. no kidding oh wow it's it's, it was
3: like it's just not like what you expect it to yeah be like but at the same time it speaks to to your two breakthroughs it speaks to just kind of a your goofy side but b also just kind of that connection with people and that truth and that resonance of of that shared
1: experience that was like the that was the thing that drove it home like it didn't click with the the Marvin Zindler and the cat like like it was one of the again one of those things where it's like it was in front of me the whole time, hmm. but it wasn't until I like stepped back and examined like the whole body of stuff and hmm. that I could see like the thread drawing it all together i, was, I always just hmm. thought I was like, oh, I make pop culture stuff, and it's like it's not really pop culture stuff it's like it's it's human connection, it's shared experience
2: Hmm, that's that that's that deeper. That then that's what makes it work, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's so rewarding when like people tag their significant others on those. Or I did a thing when I where I mailed out uh, excerpts from them uh, or from the book to to people, and and they would be like, send it to this person and write this message on it. Or me and my husband, we joke about this thing, <laughs> like 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 something that I made is like an inside joke between like a couple and like to me that's like uh, that's one of like the biggest honors that you can have is like yeah. to have your work be such a, a personal part of people's lives
2: yeah absolutely and to find that you uni- know sometimes the more specific you are the more universal things can be you know
1: it really helped me to be better about putting more of myself and my work and getting mm-hmm. more more vulnerable because like the when I would put something out on that that was like based on a, a situation that I might be embarrassed about traditionally, or I like nobody's gonna like this. This only mm. happens to me. This never <laughs> happens to any like, and it like that would be the one that everybody's like, oh, oh yeah, like yes. this is the
3: one. That's My wife loves to send me those kind of those little weird memes, and she's like, see, I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it's really personal at that point.
1: That's what I think memes are kind of one of the they're, they're a big inspiration for me because it, there's like knowing something and then there's understanding like how it feels and I, and I think like that's what memes are all like yeah they get weird but it's like they're about <laughs> like it's like they're about understanding what, what that idea is versus just kind of knowing what it is
2: outside interests, uh, creative outlets,
3: anything you do, that's anything not that you <laughs> really uh, do easy. not exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, talking
1: about, talking about one of the cool things that you, you the, you know, culture things that's grown here in Houston is, uh, uh, a group I joined called doomsday wrestling, where we do comedic wrestling, basically like comedic pro wrestling. So like the WWE, uh, but funny, I guess, uh, it's, it's usually like the shorthand we give is like, it's the <laughs> WWE, but funny. But for me, it's really, it's like, it's like a comedy show performed in a wrestling ring. Wow. Like we're writing a comedy show first and then, and then wrestling's the thing holding it all together. Wow.
3: So is it more sketch comedy or is it more improv comedy?
1: Uh, I would say it's like sketch in terms of like, we usually have an overarching idea of what the show's going to be. And we, we write out, like, a whole three-act play-type structure of, like, this is the story. We write an entertaining story, and then we write a whole bunch of entertaining matches that hopefully don't, that don't take away from that story, uh, but are fun fun to watch on their own.
3: Awesome. Aside from it just being goofy, what, what drew, drew you to this? I always liked
1: kind of performing and entertaining, and I wanted to do something comedic but i didn't like stand-up comedy wasn't what i liked performing it was hard for me to disassociate myself from like the material it's like mm-hmm. they're not laughing they don't like me mm-hmm. yeah. uh and then i saw this show and it's like oh i love wrestling and i love comedy and i love sketch comedy and like sketch comedy doesn't have to be like monty python or whitest kids you know like sketch comedy just happens on tv it's like oh no you can do it locally on a, a small stage and it wasn't until I saw it there. It's like, oh, I could do sketches with these guys. I could help them write sketches. I could be characters in a in in a sketch in this format.
2: Makes me think of. I feel like stand-up comics. Uh, the way that they rehearse things, there's actually a, an immense amount of precision. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of wondering, like. Yeah. The the relationship of that in screen printing of like the registers that you have to hit the mm-hmm. very precise things and how you know you didn't really find that as a great outlet but in these sketch comedy yeah. things there's much more looseness to it you it, there's I feel like there's it's a framework for the process and the structure to reveal itself through the through the act of making
1: Yeah it's constraints but still freedom to explore within those con- constraints is what I, I really enjoy. It's like the, the constraints, it gives you something to push against and to like test out the boundaries of.
3: What advice do you have for other people to help them follow their passion? We've decided it doesn't have to be a career path, Yeah, but just in their own personal lives. How-
1: yeah. I think that uh, that's one of the big things is that your, your passion and, and your career don't have to be the same thing. I think just trying things and making things and being fine. Like, I don't do screen printing that much anymore. Like, be it's fine to to try something out for a while and, like, do some stuff and then give up on it or take elements of that that you liked and move it to a new thing. But, yeah, I think just, like, my my somewhat motto is, like, do stuff, have fun, make things. Like, that's great. Try stuff out,
3: have fun that. doing
1: it. If it's not fun, then stop doing it. Unless it's like you need it to pay the bills and stay alive, then keep doing that. <laughs> Probably do it. Uh, and then just make things. Like, make things that are terrible. Make things that are funny. Make things that aren't funny. Make things that mean something to you. And it doesn't matter if they if they mean something to anybody else, as long as they're meaningful to you and rewarding to you. That's awesome. And I think don't be afraid to share that stuff even if you think it's only you. It's it's probably not just only you.
3: It's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's like the less you think it's going to connect the, you know, it's just, it's so personal to me that no one's going to understand. Yeah. But like that's almost, especially for you, that's where your work has really excelled.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
3: it's like, uh, I don't know, like, like playing
1: sports and stuff like that. A lot of times it's like, can play sports to be the best at that sport, but like why do people at the YMCA play sports? Like you're not gonna be LeBron James at the Y (laughs) M C A. This is just the vehicle to do it that Mm -hmm. making stuff is the vehicle for talking to yourself or talking to other people. It doesn't have to be the NBA of of making things, you know?
3: Must be
2: amazing! <laughs> One more time,
3: reverse jam. I'm gonna try it. We're gonna do this podcast over. No we can code. do it better. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, this no has ed- to be the best damn podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> We're <gonna have> no <laughs>
1: editing. We're gonna take the notes. We're gonna <laughs> <wait> <laughs> to have this conversation again from
2: the top. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, much. yeah, this is really fun. Really a lot yeah, of fun. Fun. Yeah.
0: For more information on Josh and his work, visit iMakeThings.com. That's imakethingswithanA.com. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Josh Ryan, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone who has enjoyed this and other episodes of Sporking the Road. This episode was written, edited, produced, narrated, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects, visit riversbarden.com.